Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to Faces of Business. I'm Damon Pistolka, your co-host, and I am excited for our guest today. I've got Roz Lowe with me today from LA Gage. We are going to be talking about the advantages of niche manufacturing markets. Roz, thanks for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me. I look forward to this show. It's fun. It's going to be fun. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And some people were commenting and we were like, oh, God, we are late. Because <laughs> we're going live at 3.05. We were just sitting here jabbering away. It was great. Uh, we we're talking, we're, and we're going to talk about some other stuff about what we were hitting too. And I have to write some of that down, but um it's great to have you on today. So, Roz, we always like to start with people and kind of let let them understand your back your background because you've been in manufacturing and specifically pretty niche manufacturing for a number of years. So, kind of walk us through your background and how you've been helping manufacturers. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, um, you know, I was born into the industry. Basically, I won't go through the whole coal miner's daughter story, but yeah, um, uh, my family's you know. Three, th three, four generations deep into this game. Oh, wow. Um, but, uh, you know, I started out with uh, in precision, uh, centerless grinding and thread rolling niche yeah. market. Um, and then I uh, moved on and I, I used that in my career for a little while, that niche market of thread rolling. That's, you know, definitely everybody doesn't just do that. Um, working with unique material grades has always kind of been a wheelhouse to me. And... Um, you know, there are there are so many different components within saying all of that uh, yeah. of niche markets that I've been exposed to. Uh, LA Gage is where I am now. And I mean, we are a niche market with a double scoop of ice cream of niche, you know, yeah. uh, uh, currently like the industry that I'm in now. Um, our focus is first off beryllium. So. Uh, there aren't too many shops out there that are yeah. working. And when I say beryllium, I don't mean beryllium copper, right? Yeah, yeah. There, there are shops out there that will still, you know, play with beryllium copper. Um, I wouldn't suggest they do that, but yeah. <laughs> there, there's not as much marketing on the bad side of that as yeah. there would be with beryllium. Uh, so beryllium, technically, there's about, I'm going to say maybe five manufacturers out there that I'm aware of, you know, in my end of it. Um, who are manufacturing out of those five, I think there's maybe three or two that are that are worthy. Uh, and LA Gage happens to be uh, one of those uh, companies. And why, yeah. why is that? Why are they so special there? Well, the other niche to LA Gage, um, extreme close tolerances, uh, complex components, um, that we work in. And, you know, as I, 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 I've grown up in the industry and, and my father owned a company and that's how I was introduced to it. And I was, you know, the whole daddy's little girl thing. 
So I really got close to many business owners, like my uncles and grandfathers and, you know, over for the, at the house for barbecues. So I've gotten to know these folks and I know, um, people that are just masters in this, in this art of manufacturing. And when I say that we work in complex, close tolerances, some of those masters that I know, I've spoken to them about some of the prints we're working on or the components we're working on. And they're like, they wouldn't even touch it with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. You wouldn't even be getting, been able, you wouldn't even be able to get a quote from the majority. I think 99% of the manufacturers out there would look at a print, um, with the type of tolerances that we're working in and they would say, forget about it in aluminum. Now add beryllium to the mix. Yeah, it's a little, <laughs> That's little only about two that do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're talking about the tolerance, what, what kind are you talking? I mean, what... uh, within millions, we do polish oh, <laughs> mirrors. Uh, yeah. Within 20, 20th wave, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah so you're measuring with light that's that's yeah yeah, yeah okay pretty much yeah but we do uh we do make we do use zeiss cmms we have calypso software yeah some of the machines that we have here are really the the best the industry has to offer period mm-hmm. hands down um yeah but it didn't you know it wasn't that way at the very beginning so you know, yeah. there's, there's definitely opportunity in the conversation, um, you know, but this is definitely uh, that four leaf clover. Yeah. <laughs> so when you niche markets. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at 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 the advantages of working in a in an extremely niche down market, what are some of the things that you really see that that are benefits to it? Besides making more money. Well, no, that's one of them. <laughs> that's, that's definitely one of them because if yeah. you're the only one that can do it, then obviously you can charge within reason what you need to yeah, do it. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, it's kind of like if you think about it, I mean, there there are a lot of markets that you can apply this thought process to. So say you're a primary care physician, right? And you make a great living and that's awesome. Um, and, and you want for nothing. You're a primary care physician. You have tons mm-hmm. of customers, perhaps. You've, mm-hmm. you've even bought another doctor's business who retired. Let's just say you're that. Yeah. Um, then you're a brain surgeon, right? So yeah. there's, right, who's making more money? I mean, yeah. right? So, yeah. yeah, is the primary care physician making money? Of course he is. He's making a great living. Um, yeah. Is the brain surgeon making? Yes, the brain surgeon's making really good money. And then yeah. you, you could even add more examples onto the brain surgeon and say, well, this brain surgeon only deals with uh, patients who are X, Y, and Z, and even yeah. you know further minimize the, the candidates that would come to that, that doctor. Well, mm-hmm. that, that's going to increase the cost and um, demand, right? Yeah. Because yeah. he's the only guy. So. Yep. Same thing. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So as you're doing this in in the markets, what are some of the things that you've seen change over the last couple of years, even in your niche market that that surprised you? Well, you know, here's the thing. And, and I think that anyone can apply this to their business. Um, you know, I didn't want to just talk about, uh, you know, a niche market where, you know, people think, oh, well, how am I supposed to get into that? Yeah. Um, but to to answer your question, customer service, right? So, you know, you don't tend to think you're going to find really good 
customer service, you know, customer advocating driven uh, workforce who's driven to cater to the customer's demands and needs and who's going to answer the questions the next day, respond mm -hmm. to the emails same day, right? So um, we happen to be a company that, that does do that, but, but not to make it a commercial. Some of the things I've seen are in the industry, I, I've seen a lot of that um, go away. Um, you know, that customer advocating service, the pick up the phone and talk to the customer. Everything's, you know, very email-y today. And, and long mm -hmm. ago, it wasn't that way. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've seen some changes like that. And so I think bringing back some of the practices of before in my younger years, like picking up a phone and calling a customer or getting in your car and going and visiting a customer, um, you know, relationship building is, is something that's, you know, I think not really happening so much as it once was. Yeah. Case. I mean, it, it was that way, right? We used to have fax mm. machines and no website. And so you, you had relationships that were built and trust that would be gained because of those relationships built. Um, mm -hmm. And so I see some of that has disappeared, um, but I do see some of it coming back. And I think that the companies who are making that um, a very important aspect of their business uh, succeeding, right? So say you're an aluminum shop or say you're not in a niche market, you're, you're, you're a liquor store and there's 27 11s within a five block radius. Yeah. Right. Um, if you're that liquor or that liquor store or that store that's going to say hi to me and remember my name when I come in, well, I'm not going to go to the 7 Eleven and, and yep. for the convenience, I'm going to go where, you know, you've built a relationship with me. Yeah. And I'll almost feel like I'm cheating on you if I don't go to your liquor store yeah. if the cat food's 10 cents more. Yeah. You know, so, so that is a way to make any business a niche market. Yeah. Well, you're, you're right. And I was just this morning I was reading it and it says people won't do business with you until they really think you're their friend. And I, and I don't think that's ever going to go away. No. I think that I think that we trust you. Yeah. We have to trust you that, you know, the no like and trust. We have to have that. I just really think that what what some and especially if you're working with bigger corporations, that they really push the people to the point that it's it's the relationships are getting neglected on both sides. And, and it's one of these things that um, I do believe is coming back and, and, and because of technology too, because things like this, I mean, you can, it's much better to do a phone call when you can see and, and, and uh, watch the expressions. And, and if, you know, if I have something, we can talk about what it is and I can show it to somebody and we can, we could talk of those things or even sharing a screen with a solid model on it is a, is a good way to do it. But, but I will say we were working with a customer in New York during COVID, right? Yeah. And, you know, in this side of the industry, when you're working um, at this level, oftentimes you'll have to deal with a, you know, source inspector, right? And he's mm -hmm. not sourcing you because you're, you're hoping they'll put you on the ASL. I mean, sometimes it's a source inspector that's coming out to, to watch, you know, throughout the process. And maybe that's part of, you know, what needs to happen, right? Yeah. So I was doing, I had, I was like, well, it was a source inspector though, the source guy, they had to source the shop and it was COVID and, you know, everybody was grounded so that that wasn't going to happen. So I put yeah. a phone on a Zoom stick 
and was like, I, we can overcome it. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. walked it through the shop and the phone's falling off the stick. Yeah. And it was terrible. We still earned their business. So we yeah. did win the customer. Um, I, I think it was maybe much to do with, of course, what we can do, but the enthusiasm that, that we tried so hard to earn, earn them you know, earn their business. Um, but eventually I started making these virtual shop tours mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, during COVID I was like, well, I can't do this zoom call thing again and have the phone drop off and you yeah. couldn't hear me and the lighting was stupid and it didn't show things the way I wanted it to. So I made a virtual, uh, shop tour and, um, that was really great. So video is like now the new line card. Right. Mm-hmm. So it used to be where we'd email a line card or people will go to your website and see all your machines. But half of your buyer, uh, many buyers today, they don't even know what those no. machines are going to do. Uh, yeah. You know, and even if you gave size, it's still what does that mean? Yeah. But when you have a live video and you're literally showing what your shop is doing. And like you said, hey, look at this part. Um, that's just so much. It's powerful. Yeah, and uh, can really open up a lot of doors. So that that's yet another thing that's changed quite a bit. The technology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we had a couple of questions. Jer- Jeremy uh, said a few things. Jeremy Houghton, uh, he said you must have a lot of Mavericks. He, I think he was talking about when you were talking about, and it is. I mean, it is when you get into the different kinds of machining. Even I was never in tolerance machining like you're talking about there. But even when you move into uh, complex five axis kind of stuff. Um, we were making parts for the F 22 and other kind of defense things, you know, so it's been a while you can tell because it hasn't been in production. A while. No, that's still, but, e- I mean, but, but even market. when you're looking at those, when you're looking at those kind of things, there are, there are specialists, there are specialists that come into it. So as you have, uh, the general, you know, a general person that runs the CNC in a normal shop that you see down the street. And then there could be the one that works in this kind. And there could be one that works in a medical. It's completely different than, than, you know, just depending on what you're doing. And even like you were talking about the, the centerless grinding, there's just so many specialized technologies or the mill turn that we see different things happening or that, you know, it, it's yeah. just, there's so many different specialties that can do it. Um, but Jeremy also said something because you get to dictate to your customers. And I, it, when he was talking, that's when you were talking about, you know, being able to make more money when you niche down. And some of it is, honestly, you can get the margin you really should for uh, what you're getting, what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then yeah, you know, that's the sad thing I'm seeing in the industry. I mean, you know, I, I've actually been recruiting for a couple of weeks right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, our, our backlog is very healthy. So, um, you know, we're, we're expanding and we're growing and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the owner's actually going to put a second floor on the company and we're going to use all the office space that we currently have, which is an additional 5,000 square foot of space uh, mm-hmm. to, to, to grow even more and put more equipment. And then yep. what, what are we going to do with those machines? We're going to need people. Yeah. So we're actually you know, aggressively, I'm, I'm aggressively recruiting. And some of the, the guys I've talked to just to get a feel for what your range, you know, I want to say, I I don't think machinists are making the amount of money that they should. And, you know, I'll tell you when you're in a niche market, um, you know, when you're making commercial components, I mean, a business owner can only do what they can do, you know, and we're in California. So it's not a very, um, 
small business friendly state as yeah. far as financially, the taxes and everything that you have yeah. to pay and all of this. I mean, there's certainly other states that offer the manufacturing industry a much more uh, healthier environment to yeah. thrive and grow. Yep. Um, you know, but I mean, yeah, wages, you know, are better. I think when you're in a, in a company that, uh, you know, does do specialty work, um, yep. you know, there's more opportunity to grow and, uh, to earn more, right. And, and, yep. and have more for your family. Yep. Um, and, and then, you know, so it's, it's not just good for the business owner, right. Um, it's also good for the people that yep. work at the company. Um, yep. you can make a living wage or maybe. Yep more than a living wage where you can yeah. actually save for your kids college, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and that's, I think the, the American dream. Yeah. Right. And you're, you're right there. That's, that's for sure. And it, it does because you, you, when there's a little bit more margin to spread around, it's good for everyone. Usually exactly. if the business owner is smart, that's the way or doing. So Matt, Matt Goosey. Now Matt's got a, a machining shop in, in Wisconsin. So okay. unfortunately, unfortunately, he's a Green Bay Packers fan, but we, <laughs> we, we still love him, still love him, even though he is. Yeah. And, and he had to, he had to give me, he had to give me a, a Seahawks dig while we were on here. And, but anyway, Matt, Matt runs a good, runs a good shop and he just specializes in what he does. And it's, it's more turning and more big turning and, and, and specialty stuff. But Matt's done a really good job of, he's got the, he's very plugged into the local high schools and oh, so much so cool. that they, they developed a, he's got a, a, a vocational school within the school and some other things like that, that, that really hit, I, I believe he told me his average age of his workforce was under 30. That's awesome. Which yeah. is, cra it's crazy in the industry anymore to see that, but that, you know, there are, like you said, we were talking the other day and you were talking about the, the fact that, that you are finding a lot of good candidates. And yeah. You know, and we've got apprenticeship programs and, and it sounds like your, your buddy in Wisconsin may, may have um, maybe a better yep. program, but um, you know, the thing of it is, you know, we've got a lot of companies that are, you know, there's no workers. We need trade schools back. Yes, we do. So we've got a lot of comp a lot of schools and, and the state's throwing a lot of money at the schools to develop these apprenticeship programs or rather trade schools. Yeah. But the, the disconnect is, a, you know, the shops weren't talking to the school yeah. about the curriculum that would be needed so that when they do produce a graduate, um, that it's applicable to the industry, right? Mm -hmm. So there was a bit of a disconnect there. Now, I think um, there's been a lot of funding, a lot of different organizations. Um, I think NTMA is a good one. Yeah. Uh, there's also a couple local California uh, uh, organizations um, that are now caring and working with the business owners to find out more about, well, what is it that you need these people to learn, you know? Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing, too, is a lot of um, like I think outside of the box. Right. So I think like a business owner because I come from a family business. So, example, we have a young man here. He's our contracts lead. Mm -hmm. And when I met him, he was just a young man, uh, graduate from Santa Barbara, English major, high grades, good marks, etc. cetera. Um, I, it's doubtful that he was thinking uh, to make his career in the manufacturing sector. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, if you, you think outside of the box, you think, well, here's a good writer, right? And the world today is all about emails. 
And you want to make sure everything's spelled correctly in the email if we're going that way, Laurel. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, his, his spelling, his punctuation, he's a contracts guy. This young man loves reading and he, he that's his thing. So who, who would you want to have looking over a contract that's 50 pages thick, yeah. right? But somebody who literally enjoys and thrives on reading. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think there are a lot of people that we can pull from the colleges, even current times, you know, without the trade school uh, imposed within their curriculum or their minds. Um, and, and there are a lot of um, roles in the manufacturing sector where, you know, what they come to the table with just out of their natural skill sets can be applicable in the manufacturing sector. Mm -hmm. We have a guy that's that, that, that was an accountant who is in our quality department and he's one of the best inspectors you know that i've ever seen so mm -hmm. who better than to look at the calculations right than maybe an accountant so you know, have the colleges that are producing a lot of people where you know maybe they're being overlooked and we just have to start looking at these candidates and i'd rather see these young college degrees working in an aerospace manufacturer with making military components to defend our country and yeah. and, and our people uh, than at Starbucks. Yeah. And, and I'm seeing that as I look through, you know, resumes right now. Right? Well, that's good. It's a, it's a, it's inspiring to hear that. And I think you're, you're doing one of the things and I wrote down the word diversity because we used to look at, at manufacturing and go, okay, you know, you have to come from a trade school or you have to have this kind of degree or that kind of degree. And I think what we really realized is that aptitude, and want to do it uh if they get it and want to do it you know they probably have the capacity to do it uh, in most cases it's just we have to be ready to train the people the right way and um I, I that's one of the things that i really really enjoy and i enjoy spreading too is the fact that even when you look at the high schools there's a lot of kids that are coming out of high school now that don't understand that manufacturing is a choice like it really can be for them because there's nothing saying that you have to be uh, a trade school trained CNC machinist to be the best machinist in the world. It means you have to have a desire to do it. You're going to have to work at it a while. You're going to have to get better at your trade and get better at doing that work. But some of the best you'll see may not have ever touched, you know, stepped inside of a school to, to run a CNC machine. It's just desire and, and some natural ability and some, some put some work into getting good at it. And that's why we as manufacturers or people who've, who've made our careers in this industry have to literally roll up our sleeves and participate and get involved and go to the school on manufacturing yeah. day and, yeah. and talk and be a panelist. And, 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 you know, we have to be patriotic. I'm patriotic yeah. about my country. And the yeah. other thing I'm patriotic about is the manufacturing sector. I am, a true, I, the way you guys are pushing each other around about your football, yeah, you know, like some of are big, you know, Patriots fans or you yeah. know whatever the team is, or UCLA or USC. Yeah. I'm a manufacturing fan, yeah. um, and you know if the manufacturing sector, you know, had colors as many football teams do, I would say possibly red, white, and blue, yeah. um, and and those would be my colors, and yeah. so. 
um, you know, we've got to take that passion and patriotism for the industry to the high schools, because I agree with what you just said. The high school is the best place to plant the seeds of thought in these young people's minds, because a lot of them maybe haven't. I, I grew up in it. So I was, I was exposed to it. My, yeah. my son grew up in it. He was exposed to it. Yeah. Um, you know, and so on and so forth. There are so many kids out there who just, for lack of being exposed to it, yeah. you know, we have to, we have to do something about that and participate. Yeah. You said, as you said it, participate. And that, that's a, that's a big thing. And I think that, that we're seeing a lot more of that now and a lot, a lot of the manufacturing companies and, and, and people in those companies are really, really stepping forward. The other thing that I see too, that is, is really great about this is I see a lot more younger people in it, you know, millennials that are talking about it and they're talking to the Gen Z people about it. And um, that's great because you know i think we can thank elon musk a little bit i mean he I think oh yeah awesome. i mean yeah. he made it cool you know he 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 did the greatest he did marketing for us right making yeah. Rocket, yeah. right just when we thought everything had been invented and there was nothing left for the entrepreneur to become yeah. completely famous yeah. and filthy rich because of yeah. Uh, Elon Musk comes out here and says, Hey, let's make rockets and, you know, do this whole thing. Right. Yeah. So, and, and again, another and the marketing news. that came from it, kids are, uh, kids are in fact, look at his Instagram and his followers and yeah, you know, he's, he's more important than most, uh, blues singers or not blues singers, but what is it? Rap. Right. Yeah. Musicians nowadays, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's right up there. When you think about it, he created a niche, a niche market, niche manufacturing market, because nobody was really looking at commercially to the extent they are now commercially building things like that. That'll that'll do it. Absolutely. Um, and he was a niche market. Yeah. And oh, yeah. That's yeah. Exactly what we're talking about. And he's, yeah. a, he's a perfect example. Yeah. Yeah, yep. that's a whole crazy thing that what they do, but I won't go down that. So Kazara, <laughs> Kazara is at do you have have cells of machinery or are most of the parts made on one machine? That is a great question, Kazara. Um uh the we do we do operate in cells. Yes, we do. Um and uh so you know uh, machinists are are trained uh in a versatile manner, like you know, you a lathe guy is a mill guy, or they're then again we have machines. Uh, that are, uh, that offer both, right? Quick turn, you know, um, it depends on the department, you know, I mean, with mm -hmm. regards to, we, we make mirrors here for F35, um, the electrical, uh, the, the optical targeting system. So that polishing room is not going to be a cell. Once the yeah. component is made, then it goes and we do some, uh, really complicated stuff in, in different yeah. areas. Um, you know, what's, what's interesting, our deburr department. Like a long time ago, it was like, you know, certain machinists were were really the, the desired, oh, we need a five access guy. Where are they? You know, uh, then it was a CMM guy. That's kind of still going on. Yeah. yeah. Um, deeper guys are going to become, I think, the next hot ticket. Uh, that's a side of the industry. Like in my day, deburring was like where was the entry level. Yeah. But I think deburring is definitely an a side of the industry. Everything's getting really close in tolerance. Um, you know, you've got three D printing, right? So yeah. there's the deburring going on there, and uh, so the deburring is something that's obviously not a cell. Yeah, yeah. To answer her question. Cool. 
Cool. And then Deb Curtis is talking about, she said her, her local community is offering high school seniors uh, upon graduation attend the local trades and manufacturing school and the school will pay the student versus a student paying the school tuition. That is cool. Wow. That is cool. Right. We there. need to have Deb on this show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no doubt. Because that, that episode. Yeah. That is really something because that, that is what we need. In, and well, and, I want to know where she's at because she's living in a state that's taking the lead yeah. in this. Yeah. And I, I would, I really would like to find believe, that out. I believe it's Wisconsin, but I don't, I'd have to look, I will look, but. So Wisconsin's I, got it going on. Yeah. I know Kentucky's doing some really great stuff right now. They yeah. have a big uh, school that, right. They, and the, and the kid, and you get to go there for a year for free, tuition's free. I mean, think yeah. about what Kentucky's doing. Yeah, They're Tennessee. literally feeding an industry so that manufacturing can thrive in their state. Yeah. God bless Kentucky. Yeah. You know? so, John's asking this. Do you use additive manufacturing in your shop? Uh, John, uh, that's an excellent question. Um, uh, not really. Yeah. yeah. Not really. Yeah. But yeah. definitely um, uh, a great, you know, with beryllium, they're like that. He's speaking more to like 3D printing and whatnot, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's the interesting thing. So they are experimenting with um, beryllium. And, and I don't know if most of your, your listeners would know this, but there's really, there's only one supplier for beryllium. Yeah. So even more of a niche market. What a cornered market that is. Um, one, one supplier, guys. So when everybody right now is really hurting, and I know this, you know, because of some of the things going on with nickel, uh, aluminum and some of the supply chain issues that, mm -hmm. you know, we're all about to face. I really want to tell everybody with yeah. LPAs, everybody is stock, yeah. that stock room up with material, um, get it while you can. But um, yeah, the beryllium is just not there yet in the 3d printing world. So if there's any uh, inventors out there or, you know, yeah. scientists out there who uh, come up with the solution on that, you know, it's, it's and just not there yet. Re refresh because beryllium is one of those metals that's it's not very friendly uh for the isn't there something about the the metal shavings and what what is it yes. with beryllium again i remember yes, this would be it's highly toxic yeah uh, that's it, what it, i was gonna it, say it, it's atrociously toxic so okay we have to have special uh filtration systems and yeah. HEPA filters and these really i mean it, it's a, it's a, an expense to to put forth in order to play in this market. Um, yeah. So, you know, you really have to do take some extremely serious precautions to yeah. uh, participate in this side of the industry, you know, which, which we do, you have to. Yeah. One, yeah. one speck of that dust in your lungs is game over for you. You know, uh, you're gonna be around for a while, but it's not gonna be comfortable, Yeah. right? So you really, okay. really have to be careful. And really, um, the reason why it's really, um, so popular right now in space applications uh, and, and in nuclear applications, uh, the material itself, uh, it, it's, it's, it's the toughest, the hardest material. And it's also the most fragile. Oh. Also in regards to heat and extreme temperatures. So um, in deep space or really, really close to the sun, can you imagine the temperature variations yeah. that might take place? Well, beryllium's not going to change size. Yeah. And it's very, very light. 
So when you're making components that are gonna go in something that's gonna go into space, it's a logical conclusion to uh, spend the money up front on you know the more expensive material that's gonna mm -hmm. last for, you know it's gonna you're gonna have better results from it and it's lighter weight so you know you're not driving your uh, uh, f350 Ford down yeah. the street it's more like your leaf you know yeah, <laughs> yeah you don't need enough much power to move it around yeah yeah exactly yeah. so the weight yeah. is is really that's cool that's cool because that yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. Like you said, the, the niche, when you talk about you, you deal with beryllium. So what does that mean? That means I have to even do uh, the safety precautions. That means we're going to be in these kind of customers. We, we know where we're going to be working, but you can really get good at that because you also know why they're choosing that material and, and the kind of tolerances and the way the things that it's going to be, where it's going to be used and why it's so critical to have it exactly right. Fascinating side of the industry. I mean, you know, we yeah. we had NASA out here not long ago, and they were doing a documentary series on James Webb Telescope, uh -huh. and uh, we were included in that in that documentary series. They came out and did a piece on us, and you know, wow. and you get to talk to the people that are part of these programs and the designs yeah. of the design side, and I mean, you know, not just that, not just James Webb Telescope, but you know, a lot of the stuff we work on is just yeah. really, really interesting. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just love that side of it. Yeah. yeah. Getting to participate on some of these really interesting projects. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Deb did say that it is in little Walworth County, Wisconsin. She said it's in a rural area. So yeah, we, that's what's their team again. Yeah. They, yeah. See, and wait, Matt wait. came up with this again. See what happens when you're uh, a you know, Cause I'm a patriot about the manufacturing sector. I'm going to have to say, I think yeah. maybe Matt's got the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, uh, but it's but it is. You you see these you see these. Uh, this is what I don't think. Again, when people think about manufacturing in the United States, they don't really put two and two together. They see like the James Webb Telescope, and they don't understand that the company where you're working made components for that, and right. that could be right down the street from where they live. It could be yeah. a place where they could work. They could talk about it. I still remember a company that I ran years ago, and and I know how long it is because we made the wheels on the Mars rover that you see oh. on TV now with the holes in them. They were out wow. of aluminum, but you think about that, and and you think about those kind of things that you think about as you do that. There there are memories, and you get part of these programs, like you said. Then it, it's really something, and it's super cool that you had NASA out there, and they were talking documenting that gazillion billion dollar, you know telescope that they put out there that's going to really help us for for years to come so i you know I, I we were making some parts for the first rockets with space for spacex um at my dad's shop and um you know we we did a bang up job for him we did a really good job and we you know did some expedites like overnight it was yeah. crazy right and um so here's another cool thing so my son at the time was like i think he was like 17 16 17 right and um, they ended up giving us a, a private tour of SpaceX, right? Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So they were just really nice people, such nice yeah. people. They also sent us a bunch of T-shirts, like, what can we do for you? And I was like, some T-shirts would be cool. And then, like, for the next couple of weeks, I was getting these UPS packages, and they were just full of T-shirts. And 
my son, you know, was part of like the geek squad in his class. Yeah. Right? He was like yeah. the gamer kids. And a lot of his friends went on to, to participate, to be in this industry. Um, yeah. He became an inspector guy. Now he's making um, uh, commercials for shops, right? For ah, very so he's in the industry and they gave us all these shirts and he got to hand them out to his friends. And I got to be the coolest mom to a 17 year old. Trust me. A 17 year old son and being a cool mom is not an easy. It doesn't thing. happen very often. Yeah, it does it not happen. It doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, happen you know, mom's taking you on a tour with a couple of your buddies. Yeah. Yeah. SpaceX. And it was amazing. I saw speaking to John's question, they, they had 3d printers. Like I knew what all the machines were because I'd grown up in this, right? Yeah. Like bragging to my kid, you know, I'm like, that's a blah, blah, blah. And that's a yada, yada. And um, there was a machine and it looked like a wire EDM, you know, kind of machine. Um, and, and, but it wasn't. And I was like, what is that? And they're like, that's a 3D printer, Roz. And I was like, what? And it was printing um, titanium yeah. uh, flywheel, you know, really, really intricate you know, stuff, it was just crazy, really complex component right there. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. 3D printing and titanium, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't think the strength crazy. is there, though, because of the honeycomb effect. Um, you know, yeah. We, we I don't. Do I don't know. I know they're doing some crazy stuff, and it's. But again, we're talking about these niche markets where you look at it and you go, okay, uh, what can it really do for an industry? What can it really do when you look at traditional manufacturing methods, or you look at using additive additive machining uh and then maybe it's additive machining with or additive manufacturing with machining and com combination to it or yeah. grinding or something else and you can get these parts that we couldn't we couldn't build before simply couldn't build and that's the Pretty thing true. that i see crazy about when you look at the additive manufacturing and and as they expand into other materials because now you look at you know, we couldn't machine something like that, or we couldn't mold something like that, or we could, you know, now we can. You know, I went to the SHOT Show. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yep. It's like one of the biggest gun conventions. Amazing. Yep. I've been to it. Amazing, yep. right? It's amazing. And so I was at one of the booths and um, I was, uh, the guy had these silencers, right? And I was looking at the silencer. I was like, how do you make these? And he said, 3D printing. And I was thinking, my God, that must take forever. These must be so expensive. I'm thinking in my head. And, I, and I'm and i like, how long does it take you to make these? And these were very, I'm talking, it looked like armadillo skin, you know, the design on it, the outside. It was really amazing. And it had all these channels on the inside, you know, this piece. And I asked, how, how long does it take you to make those? And he said, oh, about three days. And I'm just thinking, wow, that's not going to be a thing. And I said, "How have you ever costed out, um, you know, to machine it, right? Do you, I mean, what's what's the cost difference yeah. there? And he said, well, um, you would never be able to make this on a machine. Yeah. So the way it was actually designed, interestingly enough, yeah, 3D printing was the literal only way that this piece could be made. Uh, so, so, yeah, it's like yeah. everything hasn't been invented yet. Yeah, <laughs> yep. that's cool. That's cool that's it's yeah yeah it's great to get to talk to you about this today Roz, because i knew that that you have been in some of these these really niche places like you are now at la gauge like in the thread rolling and the centerless grinding i mean it's just specialty within a specialty within an industry and uh talking about it a bit you know and and letting people understand 
yeah, there are intricacies. You're going to be able to really specialize though and get really intricate with or intimate with your customers, with their needs, with the special interests that they have to really um, develop relationships that isn't like I'm a machine shop and Damon needs a machine piece and he just goes down the street to get some. It's not that kind of relationship. It's like you said, you're one or two in the world and you got you uh, or in the U S and they're going to come to you and you probably know them already. Yeah. And, but then we don't know everybody. I yeah. Mean, I don't know everybody. I've some yeah. new business in the last yeah. uh, couple of years here. Yeah. So, yep. You yep. Know, there's that's true. Doors to be open. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're, when you're one of one of few, it's, it's much easier to open those doors too. hundred percent, but you still have to, you really still, you can't, you can't become stuck up about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, no, I mean, you know, you can't, you have to, I think it's really important that you always have that customer advocating um, side of your company, no matter if you're the brain surgeon or you're the primary care doctor, um, you know, you have to, you have to be re- grateful. I think, you know, yeah. one of our actually, um, you know, everybody, com- everybody's company has their mantra, right? You know, these are the things we follow. And uh, one of ours is, is being humble. So yeah. that's right up there with root cause and, you know, everything that's important to a company. I mean, one of our number five, you know, in the top five, you know, what part of our mantra is to be humble. So um, no matter how big you get, it doesn't really matter. You know, yeah. you have to always really care about that customer and, um, you know, meet their needs. And when you can't, you got to pick up the phone and let them know why you can't and you're not going to, Yeah. you know, yeah. have an honest, good relationship. Yep. Yeah, that's for sure. Good stuff, Ross. I, I so much appreciate you stopping by today and talking with us. It's 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 great to understand. It's great to understand more about uh, the niche markets and manufacturing markets you're in. Uh, you know, Brillium is is. And I knew it was special. I didn't realize how special it was until you were doing it. And I knew the stuff you're making was extremely cool. And that's that's awesome as well. I want to thank everyone for listening today too. And I just see, I make sure I got through the questions. I think, I think so. But, and Deb says, yeah, humble is an intangible asset. Deb, we need to connect for sure. I think we, I'm hoping we connected. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'll do an introduction after this. I'll do that. I'll write it down here and do that. Deb's great because it is, it really is. When you look at you, humble being, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's humility and what we do is is important every day because as soon as you think you know, you really don't. <laughs> exactly. It if time and 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 uh, experience tells you anything, that's that's true. Exactly. Yeah. So one tidbit to give everybody before we go. All right. Um, Valentine's Day is coming up, right? February. So you know, nowadays everybody always used to give out Christmas cards. Val- I, aren't we? February. No. Oh well, no, we missed it. We Stand missed fine. it. We missed next it. year. Next, next year. Next year. We'll do it next year. <laughs> I was like Valentine's Day. Oh, I'm in trouble. I missed. I was it. thinking about it. No, but like <laughs> I, I do Valentine's stuff for customers. So yeah, I was yeah. going to say, people that are salespeople, if you're trying to get somebody to be your customer, you send them that. Will you be my customer, Valentine? Or if you have customers that you're already working with, you send them that. Yeah. We love our customers. 
So, you know, you can you can do marketing things that make your business a niche. Um, you know, you can uh, emphasize a better, a really customer advocating driven team. Uh, yeah. You know, you can focus on being the best quality or working in unique material grades. Um, uh, but there's always opportunity in any business to make that business a niche business. Yeah, unique in its own way. And, and Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we even um, there was a, a metal fabrication company that I ran a number of years ago. And our niche was is we could we could turn your production orders in five days. And uh, all the <laughs> I time. know a lot of people that want, would like you yeah. to be back. No, we can do it in five days. And it was the way wow. the, the way the factory was set up, the way that we did it, the kind of materials we used. And, and we could turn production orders in five days. They weren't That's tens amazing. of thousands. They were tens of thousands. But, you know, if it was a thousand, we could do it in five days all the time. That's and amazing. well, you have to run 24 seven, you have to do some other things and you have to have the right equipment. But it, it's one of these things that that was a plain place that if you looked at it, like everyone else said, we bend metal, we weld metal, we do whatever. But no, it's unique because we can do something that it makes it very hard for anyone else to do. Just That's like you, awesome. if you're going to make a, a brilliant mirror. There's not many places to go. If I want my parts quick or I want to I want to have a lower inventory then and I can get my parts when I need them all the time. It's a that's there's there's different ways to make them unique. It's it's the the automotive yeah. shop down the street can be unique if they if they want to be. So I can't even get a quote turned around that fast. So <laughs> really impressive. Uh, uh. Yeah, but, that's yeah. That's it's awesome that you bring that up, though. It's, it, it is. There is. There are opportunities to be unique in anything you do, and and when you do that, you separate yourself from the rest. Just like niching down, you know. Kurt Anderson, he and I talk all the time. He brings up the the pink to, pink running shoes with purple shoelaces. When you get that that detailed on what you do, people come to you because they need what you you do. Not if yeah. I said, I'd, if I do running shoes, well, then there's a lot of people that want running shoes, but maybe I have the pink running shoes with the purple shoelaces. That's what I sell. When you have that and that's what you sell, you know, when somebody comes to you, you're pretty sure they're going to buy that shoe from you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it really, for you, when you niche down, the, the other thing that you're doing is it, 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 it allows you to focus. I don't get I don't get distracted over here. I'm not going to make something for this because we don't do that. We do this, and and you really can get get good and focus in on that and get really good in your industry. A hundred percent, absolutely correct in that. Yeah. And then once you do do that, you can model that process and expand yeah. into the next thing that you're going to become the very best at. Yeah. yeah, you know, live it, eat it, breathe it. I mean, that's kind yeah. of always been yeah, my motto, to. anyways, but. Yeah, yep. you know, if, if, yeah, that's the approach. What? Hey, I've got to know, what are your thoughts on the robotics that are coming into the industry now? I see a lot of shops right now that are going with the robotics, you know, lights out. You mentioned that. Um, it's it's going to it's awesome, going to it's going to keep working. Well, and, and realistically, when you think about it, how many people are retiring compared to how many people are the robots will ever really play replace? And I don't think we're ever going to run into the problem where it's replacing enough people to make a difference in in the kind of places we're talking about, you know, in a big in a big assembly place, maybe, but not not in the, the CNC fabrication, oh, yeah. anything like that. It's not it's it's going to be. In the prototype world but in the cnc world is it yeah. is a thing that's happening i'm like 
yeah. my son was at a shop recently doing a film on them and I mean, they're, they're, they've only got, I mean, the only people that they have working on the shop floor are basically the ones that are loading up the tool changers, you yeah. know, for the, the machines. And I mean, it's, it's extremely impressive. Yeah. And, and the components that they're working in are extremely um, close tolerance, you know, yeah. like plus yeah. or minus a couple thou, you know, yeah. kind of. I think, components. I think overall it'll be, it'll be, it'll be helpful for the companies that need it and, and can, can really utilize it. And I think like many of these, these technologies, the, the people that use it will, will be successful and, and it'll help overall. I think it's a way to get our commercial manufacturing back. It's one way that we can compete yeah, with foreign yeah. government, with foreign countries it, it is, on it is. that labor side. I mean, I don't see it as something that's yeah. going to hurt our current industry or the labor or the, no. you know, the workforce no. or whatever. I, I see it as an opportunity to get back yeah. some of yep. the manufacturing we've lost. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Awesome. Well, Roz, thanks for being here today. I was Thank great you. talking to you about the the advantages of niche manufacturing markets and what you're in and talking about some of these other things we can do. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening today. We'll be back again next week.